Canyon, Miss Mika Asagi in custody. Your immediate presence is required at Southport Station's underground platform number three. Don't be impatient, Grave. Mr. Heat, should you fail to... It won't take long. I need just a little more time. Just two or three hours and your body will be in optimum condition. I know where the young lady is being held. Those arrogant Millennium bastards went to the trouble of making sure we'd know. This time it won't be like it was before. This is going to be the ultimate shootout. All the more reason why the abilities of Brandon Heat, the former sweeper of Millennium, and the abilities of the Necrolyzer, beyond the grave, both need to be maximized. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And he's beyond the grave. No, he's bright and heat. No. He's Andy. Hey, hey it's me. It's an, it's an Andy. And we didn't bother to write an intro for him because we didn't think he'd be here. And we were right. <laughs> and I'll protect you and all that I can, And that's all I can do. I'm Bill. Oh, hi, Bill. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I got 100% on my training, my finale for my training test, so... Uh, Woo! I'm uh, I'm doing okay. It's done. It's over with. You've been training all week. I have. I've been sitting in front of my computer all week. Not playing The Witcher, I swear. Uh, no, no, not at all. Just, <laughs> just, just a few hours in the morning, in the morning, and maybe just a little bump of Witcher at lunch, just to get <laughs> me through the... <laughs> a little bump of Witcher. Holy God guacamole oh man hey we're here with tuning japanese and uh we are still reviewing Gungrave, baby and this week we've got a two for episode episode 22 which i cannot remember the name of off the top of my head remorse and episode 23 titled daughter uh this was a josh week initially josh did want me to, to mention and he said it was fine to to totally mention um you know, Josh has missed a decent amount, as you all know from time to time. His wife, his significant other, does have a, a chronic condition that'll sometimes keep her away from, you know, some of the things that she would like to do. But um, Josh cannot be here because of that. Uh, and it shows just Bill and I again. Yep. Just us. <laughs> just It's just us. Uh, hey, before we get into this double episode, uh, I think we should start with a little segment that I'd like to try out. Called Nerd News. How do you feel about trying out this segment? I can try out some Nerd News. All right, let's do it. Hey, Bill, uh, I hate to throw it to you first because sometimes sometimes I feel like you're not 100% prepared <laughs> mentally for this question. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna just take my time a little bit here by building up the suspense because I know it's going to be great because uh, I know that you come prepared with some of the best Nerd News ever of all three of us hosts. Hey, Bill, you have any Nerd News this week? I do. Oh, shit. Bring I do. It on. Bring it on. Think real hard. Who's your favorite cartoon dog? 
uh, I almost said courage, but that's not right. I, <laughs> um, my favorite cartoon dog, uh, of all cartoon dogs. Yes. Oh, that's a, a Menchie. Who's your second favorite cartoon dog of all my cartoon My second dogs? favorite cartoon. Probably Scooby-Doo. Well, you almost got there because Scooby-Doo <laughs> is going to cross over with Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> I did mention Courage. And the reason why I mentioned Courage is because that is fresh in my mind from an article I read earlier today. You got like three quarters, you got like three quarters credit. I, you know what? I'll, I'll take it. That's fine. Hey, tell me about Scooby-Doo and Courage because that's a wild ass combination. I don't know much yet. Uh, the trailer has dropped for it. The gang wind up in nowhere mm-hmm. and the animation is unsettlingly not really right for either cartoon. <laughs> so I was going to ask about that cause I didn't watch the trailer yet. So is it like a different animation style and they're both in the same animation style, like in the same world. Yes. Okay. I didn't they're know if like there was going to be a, like, like one in one style, one in another suddenly they're in the same style. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the really freaky 3d stuff was shown in the trailer. At least. Okay. But, it's not quite classic Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, and it's not Courage at all. Okay. So it's it's closer to, the, like, on the spectrum, it's like 80% Scooby. But it's just not quite there. That's it's, it's interesting. It, it's either going to be one of the best things that ever made, or it's going to be hot garbage. Well, I mean, that's usually what it is when it comes to the Scooby-Doo crossovers. There's no middle ground on this one. No. And I th- I think it might be one of the best things ever made. Really? You're 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 putting a lot of stock into this, but I don't I don't doubt it though. I, I think it's gonna be funny as hell. I think it's hard to put it'd be like doing Scooby Doo and Rocco crossover. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like there's there's enough subversive weirdness in there. Yes. That like if you don't have that subversive weirdness, there's no point in doing the crossover. Right. No, sure. And I think this one you're right. It has it it'll definitely have that, I imagine. It's got to. In which case, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Courage is one of those shows that, like, I have watched Courage the Cowardly Dog. I don't feel like I've watched a lot of Courage, but I've seen Courage several times. That show can get weird and scary. No, I loved it. I watched it all the time. And, yes, it was horrific. It was like the cartoon version of the uh, Scary Stories books. Oh, like they're meant, yeah. Like, they're meant for kids, but they're scary as shit when you're eight. Yeah. Like, even as an adult, you look at it, you're like, ugh. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. it, it was weird. It was. Strange show. Bizarre, bizarre show. No, uh, that that's interesting. You know, and something popped in my head when I was talking about, like, the divergent, like, art styles. Do you remember? We probably talked about them on the podcast before, but, like, it always pops in my head at least once every, like, couple of years. The the 90s cartoon amalgamation where all the cartoon characters were like, oh my god, this kid's on drugs! We gotta get this kid off drugs! Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> like, yes, the Ninja Turtles were in it, Alvin was in it, it was like sa- It was like Saturday morning stars to the rescue or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what I think it was! Yeah, it, was some, it was something like that, for so, sure. Some kid was smoking dope, and they are like, we gotta stop him from doing the weed. Yeah, because Michelangelo really cared that kid was spoken. <laughs> Michelangelo wanted some. <laughs> I I always think of that, and it's it's uh, that that for some reason has always stuck with me. That cartoon, the Slimer. Slimer was high. Oh, Slimer, sure, for sure was high. At least half the Smurfs were high. Um, yeah, no, it's weird. It was a weird concept. None of them had any business telling that kid he couldn't smoke weed. That's true. You see, it was one of those. Just one of those things that, like, it was. They're all different cartoon styles, all in the same thing. Yeah. That's, that's what yeah, they with me. They just drew them as they were. Yeah. No, it was bizarre. Anywho, I mean, I think Scooby Doo was part of that too. I think. I'm, 
probably. So Shaggy's like, whoa, man. Don't be doing the drugs, Scoob. I mean, dude. <laughs> yeah, don't do the reefer. You holding any H, man? Oh, <laughs> 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 when is do you, do you have a date for this Courage and, uh, and Scooby-Doo crossover? Sources are now saying uh, September 14th. That's not too far away. No, not at all. Nice. Cartoon Network, I imagine? Okay, A, Frank Walker's in it as Scooby-Doo and Fred. Interesting. I can't believe Frank Walker's still doing it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Kate Micucci is now Velma. Interesting. And Matthew Lillard is staying on as Shaggy. Nice. I don't know the other names, so I don't care. But that's fair. I'm just, that's, I didn't realize Kate Micucci was part of it at this mm-hmm. point. Actually, it's going to be uh, digital and DVD. Released. Okay. Um, they got by Warner Brothers, and they're going, it's going to be... $15, apparently. Nice. Well, I'll have to check that out. I think that'll be one that I will look uh, look forward to in checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, speaking of unlikely cartoons, that actually ties in as a nice little segue into my nerd news this week. Bill. Yes. Your favorite Final Fantasy of all time is Final Fantasy VIII, correct? Yes. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, did you play... I think you did play, but I'll ask it. Did you play Final Fantasy IX by chance? So, yes. So one was Zidane yeah, and yeah, the Black was, Mages. Yeah, they had the like the monkey guy as the main character. Yeah, it was kind of a love letter to the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, yeah. And the Black Mages were like weird magic golems or yes. something. And, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, and Steiner the Knight. Yes. Yes, yes I did. Yes. Yep. Uh, so that game, uh, Final Fantasy IX, which is a pretty old game at this point, classic, uh, is currently under development as an animated series, apparently. They're going to do an animated series for Final Fantasy IX. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, reportedly, according to this uh, article from IGN uh, written by Cat Bailey, uh, it will reportedly... Reportedly. Uh, reportedly. Reportedly. <laughs> it will reportedly be co-developed with Square Enix, uh, by French studio Cyber Group Studios, um, which they'll be handling the distribution, licensing, and merchandise for it. Um, production is supposed to start near the end of 2021 uh, or the beginning of 2022 uh, and will be uh, reportedly aimed for children between the ages of 8 and 13. Is there a reason? Like, is there. I don't know. Are they re-releasing it? or Not that I know of. It's a strange callback. It's a strange one to choose. Of all the Final Fantasies that could maybe make it as an animated show, 9 was very animated. Like, the characters looked cartoony. Well, especially if they're game- aiming for, uh, like, 8 to 13. Yeah. 8 would probably not be the right choice. Neither would 10. No. No. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's an interesting, interesting pickup. Um, there's no, nothing else really reported on about it quite yet. They don't know how many and, episodes there are going to be, um, you know, or as, any details. And as great as seven was, it's been done to death. Oh, for sure. You know, being the first one and all, they, they go back to that one constantly. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> the first one. That's not how that works. At- oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. But, uh, <laughs> that's not how math works. <sighs> Hey, uh... I can't believe you agree with it so long. I did for a second there. <laughs> hey, it's about time we get into a review. What do you think? I'm good. All right. We're going to review episode 22, which is titled Remorse. Now, Josh wrote notes 
for this episode. I've, I've seen Josh's notes. Uh, he sent me those notes. Uh, you could also see those notes if you go to patreon.com slash tuning Japanese and back for at minimum $1, you get access to all of our show notes. That's um, going to see him. But maybe our fans want to, Bill. Uh, oh, yeah, they could. And that's fine. Um, so, I got a problem with that. So here's what's going to happen. To pull to peel back the curtain, since Josh went through the ep- the effort of writing these notes, I am going to read Josh's notes <laughs> while Bill has the episode playing to make sure that this makes sense and we're not making any mistakes. <laughs> Does that sound cool? I'm the continuity checker. He's the continuity checker, and then I'll be kind of remembering based off what I saw of two days ago when I watched this episode. But we're going to start today with episode 22, which is titled Remorse. Um, I probably won't use the same level of flourishes, and I might stumble a bit on some of the punctuation. Don't mind that. Um, but here we go. We open with ta- tapioca. Damn it, I said tapioca again. God fucking damn it. Why did Con- I do that? Continuity error number one. It's uh, <laughs> actually Tokioka. <laughs> we open with Tokioka working on Grave. Um, Grave was still injured, I think, from his last fight. The fight with... God, who did he fight last time? Boonji. 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 That's right. Because yeah, Boonji had that uh, necrolyzing squirt gun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the squirt gun. That's right. That's right. Now, that wasn't even last episode. That was two episodes ago because last episode, uh, I think, was Lee killing oh, yeah, the yeah. two, uh, Mika's two grandpa fathers, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. Yep, you're right. <laughs> but anywho, but I think he's still convalescing. But yeah, he, he got hit with the super splooger. Yes. So, okay. I'm glad that Josh noted this here because I had a big problem with this episode. I think ta- mm, Tokioka, why do I keep saying tapioca? I think Tokioka is taking some of the technology from Boonji's gun and he's using it to make his own special bullets. Well, he definitely had like purple bullets, so yeah. that makes and purple was the the super splooger's color, so Right. So I think I think that's that's something that it cleared up for me because I missed that detail when I was watching this originally. So he's working on his own version of uh, the gun for paintballing later, uh, and in the background there's a. Well, at least he's putting it in a real gun. I mean, yeah, he's putting it in a real gun, a real bullet. They're, they're real bullets. They're not just. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, Graves doesn't have to stop halfway through the, the shootout <laughs> and just like pump it up. <laughs> uh, in the background, there's a radio message informing Grave that Millennium has Mika and where to get her, which is strange to be on a radio. I never quite understood that. I guess they're in control of most of the city? I know, but even so, that that just seems balls out zany to be like, hey, we're just going to take one of the, or maybe all. the Probably all. And and just, just tell a dead guy that we kidnapped this girl. Like everybody in the fifty mile radius will know it, but oh, for sure. nobody nobody can listen to smooth jazz. But I just oh, I want to listen to some smooth jazz. I love smooth jazz. You're wrong. Anywho, Tokioka exposits Josh's favorite word that time is short, but in three hours, Grave will be at optimal efficiency to fight the organization once again. I love it. He's like, give him three hours to cook in the crock pot. He'll be fine. Yeah. Let him, let him marinate a bit. Let him let him marinate. You got you got to let them juices just kind of flow together a little bit. Give them good grave juices. Gross. All right. <laughs> ah. Would, wouldn't that be gravy? Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Yes, Bill. It would be gravy. Fuck you. 
Uh, <laughs> Fact check number two. God damn it. So he mentions that this is going to be the ultimate shootout. And then we get a title card. Yeah, sure. Apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly the ultimate shootout. Mika awakens at Millennium's corporate headquarters and is met by Ballad Bird Lee. Our good old friend Ballad Bird Lee. Who's just been standing around like a weirdo. Yeah, just watching her take a nice little nappy nap. <laughs> Which is in character because he's a weirdo. Super in character. He reminds Mika how he brutally murdered Widge and Gary in front of her own eyes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is, you know, cruel and also fits with Lee. Uh, when she mentions he's inhuman for the things that he says and has done, and I guess for having ankle boners that we saw in the one episode, yep. uh, he joyfully agrees, stating that he's no longer human. He's like, yup. <laughs> I'm a superior. Harry enters and, and I guess, breaks up this awkward scene with these two uh, and is pleased that Mika knows who he is and happily admits to murdering Maria. And not just Maria. Also admitting that he killed the other Tokioka. Yep. And as well as her father, Big Daddy. I killed your daddy. I, who's your daddy? Not him, because he did. He even mentions how he offed the old man personally. Uh, so he's just trying to get at Mika here, I suppose. Yep. Maria shrieks about not forgiving him, uh, but he cuts her off from screaming any further, thank God, by reminding her that she is in their hands and he will kill her if it's necessary. Yeah, and Lee does the uh, shink across her face to like, I'll kickstab you. Yeah, those ankle boners, once again, just like, that's weird. And I just, I hate those. I, I, I've mentioned yeah. it the last time, but I hate them. I mean, there are X-Men with worse powers, but not many. You're not wrong. Uh, Harry says, uh, now I guess it won't be necessary to introduce myself. I don't know what that means, but yeah. he, he wrote that in his notes, so I'm going to say it. Uh, so Mika prays to Saint Grave? That's what he wrote. Uh, oh, I guess maybe Saint Grave, huh? Praying. Uh, praying to Saint Grave to save her. And Harry decides... It's better to refer to his old friend uh, as thus, as saying the name Brandon triggers his regret. Triggered. <laughs> Hashtag triggered. Did they have to cut holes in the Orgman suits for their little stupid wings to stick out the shoulder? I really fucking hope so. They look like Moogle wings. Yeah, except Moogles are symmetrical and cute. Do you think they're related to Moogles? I doubt it. Oh. They're not mo they're not Mogmen. Okay, I know I ask this every other episode, but if anyone is inclined to do artwork that is listening to this podcast still after five they're, they're years, they're not. I know. Uh, <laughs> if you could make a Mogman, I would. That would be amazing, and I would love you to know. Uh, where the hell am I in Josh's notes? Let's see here. Uh, so we get a pretty standard exchange uh, about how they know Grave will come for her and how Lee will get his revenge on him. Uh, for killing Bob and how he will make Graves suffer. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Typical bullshit. Uh, we've seen this before. So we're not going to belabor the point. Cut to the... Cut to the grave? No, cut to grave. Uh, zooming to the meeting on a motorcycle. That same motorcycle. That same one that we've seen before. That apparently he GTA'd off of a group of Orgmen 
from that yeah, last the... episode. <laughs> Yoink! <laughs> While Tokioka is still prepping his special paintballs, he's still prepping them balls. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Gotta work that. Gotta work them balls. Sometimes, they're, so, they're sometimes, Bill, you just gotta work them balls. Till they turn purple. Preferably not. I'm not into that. But I guess if if, if it gets you gets you off, it gets you off. I think that would be the opposite. You would think. <laughs> We get them off your body from popping off from blood circulation problems. Anywho, so Harry and Bear. I've just I've seen some weird porn before. Is all I'm saying. Seen, seen, <laughs> seen. We're done. All right. No, uh, Harry and Bear discuss the situation and how it's being handled. Uh, Harry sent Lee with apparently 150 orgmen to take on Grave, though Bear feels that they need to take him on with. All their forces at once, which actually, to to pause from Josh's notes here, that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Like, why are they doing this trickle thing? It has not worked. Well, yeah, it, sure, send a dozen or so because that's overwhelming force. But when that doesn't work, okay, I see that too. You send 150, but now that 150 hasn't worked, yes, maybe send everything. Send send everything all at once. Quit sending yeah. your mid bosses one at a time. Yep. Yeah. But Harry is more interested in indulging Lee's sadistic crusade, so he's cool that he's like, yeah, let Lee, let Lee be Lee. Lee, Lee needs to, you know, wear off some energy. Maybe he's uh, hoping Lee gets bumped off before they do anything drastic. Maybe. That's a good, that's a good point. Maybe deep down he's like, we need to get this guy out of here. Cause remember, Harry, like, Lee tried to kill Harry at one point in an earlier episode. Well, yeah, and he's increasingly unstable. Yeah, it's become worse and worse every episode. So Bear reminds Harry that without Bob's network and Boonji's presence as a hitman, that members of the family may begin making moves against Harry, uh, as some of the other old guard, old timers dislike his brutal methods. Um, which, spoiler, we'll get to that in episode 23. <laughs> um, so he advises for a more cautious approach to the Beyond the Grave situation, but Harry re- rebuffs this by falling back on how badass and unstoppable the Orgmen are. Because they've never been just destroyed <laughs> yeah, by Grave with no problem before. Bear, not so confident we'll, as Harry. We'll be fine as long as he doesn't reverse engineer some technology specifically for destroying reanimated dead bodies or anything. Right. No worries. There's a quote here from Bear that Josh pointed out that I will read now that says, There are members of the family who have expressed adverse sentiments towards your forceful style of management i like the i like i actually kind of like that because that's such a bear let me how do i couch this in language it's not going to just immediately kind of piss off harry <laughs> love it so we cut to the subway where lee and mika discuss big daddy there's a sentence <laughs> yep <laughs> that's an anime ass sentence right there uh lee admits that, that big... that's that's a new york ass sentence right there <laughs> no i'm just right yo yo we're, we're on the subway my friend uh, you know, I'm Lee. This is my friend Mika. We're talking about Big Daddy. Taking the subway to uh, see Big Daddy. Taking the subway to see Big Daddy. That sounds like the weirdest euphemism. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what it means, but... Fans, you can I'll... let us know what that means uh, by tweeting at us, at Tuning Japanese. <laughs> so, Lee admits that Big Daddy's charisma and magnetism has garnered a lot of respect uh, to everyone, himself included... Though he feels that Big Daddy lacked the ambition to make the organization a powerhouse the world over. Maybe that, like, Big Daddy, his scope was too limited. But we knew that already, because they've, they've been saying that all the time about him. 
so he, in effect, states how his fight with Grave represents the two differing philosophies of the organization's two bosses, Big Daddy and Harry. He then informs Mika about how Brandon was in love with Maria and mocks his commitment to protect the daughter of the man who banged his one true love. <laughs> that has become a theme. That was, a, I mean, that was a problem with Harry. Like he was, Harry was always upset. Like, why are you letting this old man fuck your woman? I, I, yeah, it really, yeah. I, I, Harry's bad. <laughs> Harry is bad. I fully agree with that sentiment. So Grave arrives. There's pew pew bang bang. He does pull a Vash move by shooting out the floor beneath of him to access the subway. That's kind of cool. Right. So Tokioka follows uh, along in the truck. From here, the episode gets, well, according to Josh, pretty lackluster. And I kind of have to agree with Josh. Yeah. I, I think if I have any argument there at all, it's it gets to get lackluster. <laughs> well... We will get there uh, as we move into talking about this particular fight. So there isn't much to talk about. Grave shows up after defeating the Orgman, which apparently obliterates his gothstone cowboy outfit. I, I don't know if Josh wrote this on purpose the way it's written, but I, like, I kind of like it. Uh, he and Lee has fight. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it, though. I kind of well, like we, the way it's phrased. We has fight? We has fight, Bill. We has fight. <laughs> Um, nothing interesting happens, just Lee stabbing with his chopsticks of doom uh, while blaming Grabe for killing Bob. We get a Mika scream. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> uh, Lee gets significant heel heat on Grabe at this point, transforming into a not-so-amazing Spider-Man, <laughs> uh, while also cosplaying apparently as Alucard from Helsing. Which I agree. There's a there's a scene, there's a still shot of like him with like the shadowy face and the big yellow eyes. Yeah, that's like the thumbnail on this episode. Yeah, it's creepy as shit. I looked at the thumbnail. I was like, what the fuck? Am I in the wrong anime? Nope, nope. It is not Helsing. It is Gungrave. Even though he does a cool transformation where he becomes like a spider person, which I kind of like. I don't know. Let's talk about that real quick. We talked about. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, the Drider. We talked about the design of the Bobcopter. And this is really our second time seeing a true superior transform. So what are your thoughts on this one? Is this better than Bobcopter? Do you like this design? I mean, anything's better than Bobcopter. <laughs> but like you said, we're still talking about it. It was bad, though. Yeah. Like, we're talking about it because it was bad. Mm-hmm. It, you know you know what bothers me about the about Lee's look, though? What's that? He's got five legs. Does he? Unless that's a tail, but I No, it might be it... five legs. I don't know. That seems like a weird number. Yeah, I guess it is a tail. Because it's got those strings that attach to that to the legs, almost like a... Like he's a harp. Mm-hmm. Like he's a harp strider, drider. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. It, it's still better than Bobcopter. Bobcopter. I mean, yes, we are still talking about it. But we're also still talking about Poultrygeist and <laughs> uh, Deathbed, the bet that eats people. I'm not talking about any of these things. I just want to be very clear. <laughs> I'm talking about none and, of this. And Andre the Butcher. I never watched Andre the Butcher. You missed out. That was fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Tokyoka shows up to distract Lee. Grave frees Mika, and they escape on a train because reasons. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I guess. I guess they're on I've a got, subway before. Motherfucking 
spiders on a motherfucking train. I, I don't know. I was trying for something. It didn't really work. I mean, train train fights are pretty um are pretty cliche. We haven't had one yet, so. Yes, they are cliche, but they're cliche for a reason, because they are kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. I get why they use it. So we get a gunfight on top of a moving yeah. subway train. Yep. Where Graves shoots Lee off the train. Kind of, kind of, kind of just shoots his his uh, where where his claws are connected to the train, and he goes ah! and falls backwards off the thing. And he scuttles, scuttles his way back up to the half train car. Yes. Uh. So right, it does this right when uh Grave is like back with Tokioka and Mika. Tokioka, you know, says like, "Hey, I've got the anti superior rounds for you." Um. But yes, he comes back uh on the open end of the train. Well, I guess, does he slice it first? I feel like he slices the train open first. I thought he sliced it before he Maybe fell. Maybe he, yeah, he must have sliced it before he fell. So he, like, spider leaps onto the thing. Uh, and he, uh, yeah, just kind of has blades everywhere. <laughs> just throwing blades all over the place. Like, he throws some, like, at... Yeah, yeah, like little crescent moon blades. Yeah, so, like, not his sin bonds, which would have been cooler, I think. Yeah, I mean, or something at least looked like him. For sure. It was really strange. It was a strange choice. Lee says, uh, act one, scene one, I cut you to pieces and watch you die. Because that's the kind of crazy shit that he's spouting now. That's a short play. That's a, that's a very short play. A bloody play. Tokioka loads up the special ammo in Grave's gun because Grave loses it at some point during the fight. Gets knocked out of his hand. Uh, and then Grave, pew, pew, bang, bangs. And then uh, at first Lee gloats and then starts falling apart, crumbling. Uh, the bullets take effect. And uh, he gets shot off the train. Again. Again. And he falls to dust. Um, that's it. That's the fight. Yeah, he's. this is the right time or the right place for me to die. Yeah, I think those are some of his final words. Yeah. What? What? It's really Shut dramatic. Up. You're not the main character. Shut up. Yeah, and he doesn't he, like, fall off the, the track into, like, the river or something? No, he just crumbles to dust. Oh, okay. So, um... That's it for the fight. Thoughts on the Lee fight after everything we built up with Lee? Uh, it it was all right. It, it it was all right. That's fair. Like it could have. It had a lot of good elements. They just mm -hmm. didn't maybe choreographic out as cool as it could have been. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. he, he fell off the train twice. Yes. As train scenes go, probably the the least. Oh, it's not the. It's not Spider Man for, for Spider Man Two. Which is which? Which is arguably the best the best train scene in any piece of media. Either that or the Invincibles train scene. That is something for sure. <laughs> uh, so we cut to <laughs> we cut to um, the after effects. Grave sees that Tokioka is dying. Takes him back to the truck. The whole sand steamer thing and Trigun probably counts. Oh yeah, I think the sand steamer counts. Absolutely, that was badass. I love that yep. episode. Set, set even series the, even the tr even the uh, the train job in Firefly. Oh, Train Job and Firefly is great. I forgot about that one. I forget about that Firefly exists sometimes. So those are all better than this, so... Yes, no, for sure. Uh, all those, if you want to see a better train scene, watch those first. So we then get his final monologue about how he was a coward and allowed himself to be pushed around by others uh, for their ends, using his genius um, and lamenting that he'll never make a difference. And then he dies! All right. Bye, Tokioka! <laughs> Uh, yet again, we lose now two more characters from the anime. Yep. We're just killing them all off rapid succession. Uh, Mika wakes up later, finds Tokyoka is dead, screams, cries, fade to black. And that is episode 22 of the anime. She, she, 
Are you all right? You're laying completely still and not moving, and you're blood all over your the front of you. <laughs> oh, this is the part of the show where we talk about how what we thought of the episode. Uh, I'm going to start with you this time, Bill. I'll I'll start the next one because we're, again we're doing a double episode today. Uh, what do you think of episode 22? Well, Mika yells, "It's not fair! It's not fair!" That's that's pretty much my sum up. That's a sum up for you. That that does it. Bill, remember when this anime was good? Yeah. Like, remember I when do. this anime actually was really good? Yeah, I do. I do. It is almost impressive. The level of how good it went to the how, like, I don't give any shits. Like. Yeah. And other way around would have been impressive, but, like, understandable. Like, it took them a long time to find their footing. And then it became really good. Speaking of Firefly, I wasn't interested in the first couple episodes of it, and then it became good. Right. Um, very rarely does a series start out really strong, really into it, and then it just totally shits the bed. Like, yeah. this, was, this wasn't even a gradual decline. This was just... <sighs> yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Um, I'm curious if there's any fans out there that disagree with us i'd be curious to see what your take is on that um you can always uh, leave us something on our facebook when we post this episode but yeah i'm, I'm kind of curious what your all thoughts are on this anime and how you, if you if you really think the end parts with grave and the gunfights uh and fighting millennium one by one has any redeeming qualities i think it has some redeeming qualities like you said there were elements in this episode that could have been really cool yeah i mean they, they definitely they had all the parts mm -hmm. they just didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, I agree. And I know it's been a running gag fan theory, but even if, if Bob and Lee had actually had a relationship, mm -hmm. maybe if this is the episode where that came out. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And that's why he's been so psychotic. Yeah, for like, real. anything. Yeah, g give, me, give me some reason to care about Lee after all this, given the fact that, like, Lee was an integral character, was a integral character throughout, like... I just felt like an anticlimactic end to his character. Give him his sunbond things in giant superior form. Yeah. For real. That alone would have done something. I mean, who gives a shit that he's throwing toenails at him? Yeah. Why is he a spider? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? So, you know spiders, how they throw toenails at people. Yes. I... I don't like, I don't know. Yeah. It's... Not a great episode, um, but that was episode 22. We will be moving on to episode 23, Daughter. But first, I think it's about time that we head to a segment that I'd also like to try out. And maybe Josh will do it for us, so I have one less thing to do, and that's the break card. Welcome to the break card. My name is Josh. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Tuning Japanese, where we're reviewing Gungrave. Well, lately it's been the guys reviewing Gungrave. As you can tell, things are a bit chaotic in my home, which is why I can't normally record. But Andy told me that if I didn't do a break card, he was going to take his switch back. That jerk. Well, in any case, I hope you're enjoying these two episodes of Gungrave entitled Remorse and Daughter. But in the meantime, 
I gotta do break card things, such as let's talk about some of our fine offerings here through Tuning Japanese. Like, you know, we got that that Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash tuning Japanese, you know, where you can get some bonus episodes. You should totally visit the Patreon. So that way things are a little easier for us in making this this podcast. Also, while you're at it, why don't you guys go and give us a rating? That's right. You know, like iTunes or on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, there's got to be a rating system. A five-star review would definitely help us out. It'd probably help create algorithms where more people can find us. And I mean, it'd be totally fun. So you might be wondering what's going to be happening after we finish this season of Gungrave. We only got a couple episodes left, actually. So be ready for that. Well, it's our annual summer viewing program. What's the summer viewing program, you may ask? Well, that's where Andy, myself, and Bill decide we're going to watch and kind of talk, discuss some other shows that isn't in our usual format here. We did this last year. We we did uh, Elf Princess Rain. Bill and Andy talked about Tiger King. I believe they even talked about Detective Pikachu. And I was in on, on our discussion for Mob Psycho 100. So don't forget to check that out after this season is done. Also, if you want to connect with us in any other way, we do have the email, tuningjapanese at gmail.com, as well as our Twitter account, at tuningjapanese. And finally, we've got a Discord server. You know, that Discord, that thing that, that a lot of us uh, like to use that Andy never talks about? Yeah, we got one of those as well. You just go find us on Discord. we love to hear from you. Well, I'm going to have to let you go here. The kids are tearing apart my bed, and I have absolutely no idea where their mother is. Well, that's life. Until next time, bye bye We're back for the break card. I thought for sure you were going to say we're going to the money zone. <laughs> Like, we don't have any money. Money, money, money. We don't make money. I did buy the McElroy's uh, book on podcasting, so I will maybe learn how to. One of the chapters is about making money while podcasting, so maybe I'll learn. So it's okay to make that joke because you bought their book. It is okay to make that joke. That is fine. Now, is there advice in there about us writing our own book about podcasting? I have not gotten far enough to tell you yet, but I will let you know, and we will um, we will we will tromp on their flavor a little bit, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Hey, Bill. Hello. We're back with episode twenty-three. Guess what? It's my week again. No, no, no kidding. <laughs> again. So if you don't like my reviews, fans, I apologize. You're gonna have to hear me again for episode twenty-three, which is titled "Daughter." Well, actually, this is your first review. This is my first review. The other now, one's they Josh's. Hate, if they hate your voice, I, I don't know why they're here, to be honest. That's true. That's true. I mean, I I don't know either. This one, spoiler, a little bit better than the last episode. So we get our cool theme song, as per usual. Uh, and uh, we cut to Mika mourning the death of her father, Dr. T, Widge, and Gary. They're in a graveyard with all these, like, pauper graves. Mm -hmm. Paul Pergraves. Uh, she declares, there shall be no more tears as Grave turns. Vengeance is on his mind. That's true. He's got the crazy eyes. But she's telling him, too, you know, don't 
No more revenge either. Yeah, she's like, enough! Let's stop this endless battling, and just, why don't you just stay with me? Stay with me! I'm not gonna sing that song. Because I can't. Uh, but he decides instead. Fuck that. Doesn't even say anything. Just turns and walks away from her. Yep. Which I'm glad he did, because it would have been creepier if he's... Stay with me. Alright. I am okay with four more, three, four or five more episodes of Buckethead Adventures. At this point. I don't think that's the stay with me she intended. That's no. And we'll see that in just a little bit again. I don't think that's what she intended. I think she's looking for a very anime relationship. And, she uh, is. She's looking for... She's thinking, well, you're dead. You might have tentacles. Who knows? Yeah. It's... I, I, <laughs> You know dead people. You know dead people? How they commonly have tentacles, Phil? You know what I'm talking about. You've seen Josh's hentai. You've sold Josh's hentai. (laughs) Yeah, just the back cover as I was selling it to somebody. (laughs) Oh, we get our title card, and then uh, we cut to Millennium. And as Bear predicted, the board has called an emergency meeting. The executives have found out what happened to Bob, to Lee, and to Boonji, and are like, Things are getting pretty bad, don't you think? Like, people are dying and shit. <laughs> right. And Harry just kind of waves it off and is like, you know, no worries. I know why you called this meeting. You all just want to know who the new leaders are going to be. Don't worry. We're going to pick them from people at this very table. But only if you go through the process of superiorization. I, you know, I wonder if maybe that uh, instills some loyalty. Because I was, it, we talked about, it, like, he thought maybe he'd be better off without Lee, but at the same time, like, he did have control over Lee. I wonder if that gives them some power. It might, honestly. I don't know. I'm not, they haven't really given us enough about what superiorization actually is. Right. We, we just get, like, a, oh, they're alive and it mutates their bodies. You don't have to, it's like, it's, it's necrolization, but you don't have to die. Yeah. So really, it just seems like they ran through the process without killing them first. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's one last step. That seems easier. Uh, yeah, but, Bill, they still don't agree. It doesn't sit well with these executives. Um, and then most of them just lay out guns. Not all of them, but a large number of them just pull guns and lay them out on the table. Uh, to which Harry goes, so is this a mutiny? <laughs> you know, I don't see the... I don't see the symbolism of pulling their guns out and laying them on the table. Like, draw them and point... Or leave them away... Mm-hmm. That's just like, hey, I'm I was armed and now I'm not. I don't know. Maybe it's just a physical or visual show of power. Like, look, like look at all these guns in front of you. All these people are solidly against you, and we don't want to. We don't want to use them if we don't have to. Like, we we still want you. We want you just to step down. I guess. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. They're old cowardly men. That's true. I know. I, I'm in the mindset shit or got the pot. That's fair. That's fair. Well, that's why these people haven't gone gone any further, right? With uh, with regards to. Uh, their rank within Millennium, I guess, aside from just being top execs. But because they're constipated. Because they're constipated. Uh, they claim that because all Brandon wants is just revenge on Harry, that the organization should step out of it and let Harry deal with it. And if Harry kills Brandon, great. If Grave wins, cool, the organization still stands. Do you think that would work? You know, it probably would. If one of them would have just pulled the damn trigger right then and there. Mm-hmm. Even if he was not even, I don't think he wants revenge. He he says over and over again, it's about protection. So I don't think he, like, if they killed him, I don't think he's like, ah, shit, I was supposed to kill him. Now I got to kill all you. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't give a shit. 
Well, if you think about it, he doesn't go seek out these people at all. It's them. I guess, uh, that's not that's not totally true. That like, he went to go find them when he fought Bob. But a lot of the times, these people are showing up at his doorstep, right? Boonji showed up outside when he was trying to protect Doctor T and, and Mika. Lee showed up and took killed people and took Mika. Bear, as we're going to see in this episode, shows up at Grave's place. Right. So they're they're the ones bringing the fight to Grave. Grave is seems to be more on the defensive. If they just killed Harry and then laid him out with a note and said, hey, we're not going to fuck with you or Mika anymore. Kisses. Like, he would leave him alone. Probably true, honestly. So the show of power comes to nothing as an Orgman just emerges with his cool little stupid Moogle wings <laughs> and guns everyone down that drew a weapon. Yeah, just, just dual-wielding Uzis. It's so good. Uh, leaving the rest of the people who didn't draw guns to shit themselves, aside from Bear and Harry. Uh, Harry tells the remaining execs, Jack, just continue your work. Do what you're doing. Keep, keep the good work going. Uh, and he and Bear are off to a dinner with Sherry. Thoughts on that scene at all? I mean, anything else that we haven't mentioned? I get Harry and uh, Bear, like, setting there all cal- cool and calm, being main characters. But you think it'd be more chaos with, like, an Uzi? You'd think so. Somebody would run, or somebody would yes. try to shoot back, or even somebody who was innocent would, like, dive for cover and catch yeah. their attention. Or Yeah. That's know, animation. It was, it was just very clean. Very clean. I love, to my favorite part of this scene is Harry's like, oh, oh well. And then, like, he's got an Orgman just in a secret compartment in his office. <laughs> like, the door opens, gunman, the Orgman comes in, guns him down, and he goes back into his little secret compartment. <laughs> you know, if I was a head of a mafia family, and I had undead zombie <laughs> soldiers, no sleeping, no getting bored, no needing to eat, or drink, or shit, or anything, why not just give him a couple of Uzis and stick him in a closet? I mean... You make a good point. You make a valid point. It's 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 an auto turret, just easier. Could, yeah, yeah. Bill, we got to go to an awkward moment. Yeah, we do. Mika lays her head on Brandon's shoulder and says, Man, I know now why mom got all wet over you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, personally. But sure, let's go with it. What the fuck is happening in this scene? I... I don't know. It creeps me out. You know, in in a better story... I don't want to say better anime. In a better story in general, you could probably play with... You know, she has these feelings for this guy, but he was... You know, maybe some of it is because she's lost everybody, and so mm-hmm. she's desperate to have connection. And, yeah. And, like, he would deal with not wanting that because it's more creepy and yeah. he dated her mom and like it could have been literally like a thing. Yeah, for sure. I think it was just ham handed shoehorning of a romance subplot. And relegating that development to the back eight episodes where most of those episodes are like gunfights. You're not gonna get that kind of development. No, it's just like, hey, He's like, no. That... <laughs> Basically what happens in this scene. Yeah. Uh, she asks him, let's run away somewhere together. And when he doesn't answer, she then asks, hey, why did you turn my mom down to begin with? You know, why couldn't you be my daddy? <laughs> that um makes it worse. It does. It, it makes it very weird. 
So Brandon decides to play the friend card, says he'll protect her from danger, but nothing more. Well, yeah, that's the re- that's the responsible thing to do. That is extremely the responsible thing to do. Uh, so we go to the dinner that we mentioned earlier between Harry, Bear, and Sherry. It's weird now that, like, like, like I, we don't see enough of Sherry, and I always forget until I hear her voice that that's, uh, that's Meryl, you know? Like, like it always, like, weirds me out. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Meryl. I forgot. Yeah, she's not, she's not a steady enough presence to remember it. Yeah, it's like, that's Dorothy Fawn. We talked to her! So the dinner happens, and this is also all kinds of awkward. Uh, Harry tries to get Sherry to convince Bear to step down and just relax, like, leave the organization, quit. And I guess my first question is, like, what do you think the motives are here? Is this legit he's worried about Bear? Does he think that Bear is going to maybe not be on his side? Does he want Bear out of the picture? What's what's going on here with Bear, do you think? If he thinks Bear's not going to stay with him, he's stupid. Because obviously Bear's going to do what he's supposed to do. Right. It's all he's ever done is work hard for the leader. If that's his idea, he's he's just stupid. Yeah. Then again, I can't really see him having a legitimate care about anybody either. So I, I don't know. I really don't know what the motivation here is. I, I don't get it either. Maybe it's just a way to keep Sherry and, and Bear both kind of out of his hair. Maybe. Honestly. It might be. Just to maybe keep them safe and away from the danger or just to keep them away from what he's trying to do. Yeah, just keep him out of his hair. Just like he doesn't need them telling him, advising him, telling him things, getting mm-hmm. in the way, whatever. Yeah. You know, he just wants him to go away. He doesn't care about either one of them. Well, Bear declines, saying that he's personally asked Harry to stay on and work for the organization still. He then asks Sherry, and what's really fucking weird, to get down on that D (laughs) and get him a goddamn grandchild. Yeah. I mean, you see parents and media do that, but... But, no, but then it gets worse, because Harry's like, yeah. I've been popping them little blue pills every night. We try all the damn time. Right, honey? Yeah, that gets weirder. And Sherry's like, don't say that in front of my dad, but doesn't say it in like a really angry way. And I'm like, where is this heading? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. I'm not going to think about it further. Bear can't think about it either because there is a phone call uh, and he has to excuse himself from the table and from the dinner. He promises, you know, we can do a dinner again any other time, but he has business that he has to attend to. And the whole time, Harry's looking pissed at Bear. And again, I'm like, why does he look so angry at Bear? Even the way they're sitting in, like, the weird, like, thirds of the table is kind of weird. Yeah. you think, like, Harry would be sitting next to his wife, and, mm-hmm. you know, it. I don't know. Or they'd at least be, like, you know, three compass points or something. It's bizarre. And then Harry, at the end, comments, once Bear leaves... That's the other side of human nature. And I don't get what he says, or if I missed a reference somewhere where someone else maybe had said that, but, like, even Sherry's like, what What do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay. that I'm glad I'm not alone in that. It was very strange. We cut to Bear and his men. Bear's overkills have found Brandon and Mika. Uh, Bear thanks them, and then just up and dissolves the group. Yeah. Says, go home, or stay with the organization, whatever you want to do, but uh, the overkill's no longer a thing. Which, again, makes me think Bear doesn't know if he's going to come out of this alive, or maybe doesn't think that he's going to come out of this alive, possibly? Or doesn't care if he does, or... Or, like, this will be the last thing he does, and then, like, maybe then he'll leave the organization? These motive... 
again, all this crammed in so far that we don't get enough motivation. No, we don't. Stretched out, some of this, these moments could have maybe been something powerful if we understood what was happening. Well, he does say, though, I guess it gives us a little additional information. He says, I'm not doing this for Millennium. I'm doing it as an individual looking to challenge Brandon Heat. Uh, also keep note, Brandon Heat's full name comes up again and again and again and again, as you, per usual in this anime, um, yep. especially from Bear here. Uh, one of the overkills tries to go after Bear when he walks away, but another note's like, hey, we need to not like let him go. We need to be thankful for the fact that he never turned us into Orgman. <laughs> like, that was pretty cool. Right. He, he didn't turn us into a group of undead murder hobos. Like, this could have sucked. And Bear's a pretty chill guy, so let's just let Bear handle it himself. Right. So we go back to Grave. He hears footsteps as he's cradling Mika's head. They're sleeping in some warehouse. Um, Grave points a gun, and it's Bear, of course, in the doorway. Bear points out the irony of, like, talking to a dead man um, that barely talked to him when he was alive. Although Grave doesn't say much in this scene either, so it's not really that ironic. Yeah, you're still talking at a dead man like you've always done. Pretty much. He also notices that Mika is Big Daddy's daughter, asking why he's bothering to pr- why uh, Grave is bothering to protect her, because um, Big Daddy's organization is dead. She doesn't matter anymore. Harsh. Yeah, which, if that's true, they'd stop trying to kill her. That's true. <laughs> so Grave shouts out a frustrated "Why?" and then goes to like mock punch this guy, like straight up Tekken style uh, Brian Fury. Um, but Bear catches his fist and tells Brandon that he has apologized for what he's done to Big Daddy in the past, but he doesn't feel remorse for what he's done. Uh, He's done it because he wants to protect and look after his daughter. Hey, there's the title, daughter. This could have had a nice duality if Brandon was treating Mika more like a daughter or if she was treating at all, and if she was treating him less like a sex pervert. (laughs) I agree. I feel like a a little cleanup of the writing... Uh, and the relationships of the characters could make this a really cool dichotomy. Yeah, it would have been a nice parallel. Yeah. Bear challenges Grave to a duel, telling Grave to come to his own personal estate. And as he's leaving, Bear apologizes to Mika for her mother's death. And you probably don't remember this, so you might need to listen to it, like, like go back to the scene and watch and listen to the music mm-hmm. at some point. The music is really fucking weird in this scene. It's like kind of silent for a while, and then there's, like, a really weird drum that, like, plays a few beats, and then, like, maybe a little bit of guitar, and then it's silent again, and then there's, like, a few bits of drum, and I'm like, this is the weirdest background music that I think I've heard. It's about the notes you don't play. It's (laughs) Thank you, Mid-Valley. So, (laughs) we cut to Mika and Grave again. Mika just can't see Bear as a bad person. Like, man, he seemed nice. <laughs> I know he challenged you to a duel to the death, but he really seemed nice. I mean, in this anime, the challenge of a duel is nice. That is actually pretty nice. She says, why do you gotta hurt him? And Brandon answers, it's because they are Millennium. Which I kind of like that line, because when you really think about it, Brandon and Bear really are, of all the bosses and stuff that Brandon has to face, like, Bear is the company guy. Yeah, he's the only one who hasn't changed and hasn't betrayed anybody. And yeah, just like Brandon has, never did. Right. Except so, Brandon's changed. Okay, Brandon's changed. Well, so is Bear. Eh. As we'll see, like, changed, like, physically, as we'll see when he, be, when he gets his superiorization here in this episode. So we get Bear flashbacks, and not the kind you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> 
That could be a lot of things. That actually could be a lot of things that I think about it. Uh, no, Bear has flashbacks with his conversations with Sid, where he starts to kind of connect what Sid did in trying to protect his son, if you remember that from like so many episodes ago, to him trying to protect Sherry. Uh, he calls both him and Sid, himself and Sid, pathetic. And that is a nice dichotomy. It just, it could have been played a little more. Yes. Yeah. We do get a nice long flashback here to it, but still, you're right. we yep. building up more to it. And really, the, the way the flashback goes, it almost looks like Brand's thinking about it, too. Yes. Yeah, because it's weird, because they keep going back and forth, I think, between shots of Brandon yeah. and, like, these flashbacks. And Bear says, beyond the grave, no, Brandon Heat. There's, our, there's his name again, just in, just in case you're curious. <laughs> uh, we get our snowy showdown. I do like this animated scene of, like, all the snow falling, and we see, like, the weird temple house that he lives in, and Bear's back in his kimono again. You know, I I would like it, but the CGI snow is kind of ugly. It kind of brings you back to um, Wolfstream, but not as pretty. Yeah, I just, I don't like CGI. Again, I just don't like the CGI effects on top of things. No, that's fair. And that was, like, really heavy in the in the early aughts animes. We saw that in, in, in Wolfstream. We saw it, we see it here in this one. Yeah. It was pretty common. Grave arrives, he's armed and ready, and Bear comments about how it was really considerate of him to bring his big coffin-esque gun attached to his back so that way he has a place to bury Brandon once he kills him. This whole scene is like, I'm getting like Kurosawa samurai film kinda-ish vibes from this. I think that's probably true. Again, if I thought more of the anime, I would probably say, you know, the the westerns that ripped off the samurai films you know mm-hmm. maybe there's a you know a cowboy versus a samurai in the scene and yeah but i i don't know if that was intentional i don't know i feel like it might have been a little bit um we do get a cool scene where bear draws a samurai sword lunges mrs brandon and cuts a tree in half it does that cool anime thing where it slices the tree exactly in half and it slides like they pulled the the they pulled the cell that part of the cell and just slide it to yep. the right Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. Which, that tree is a long way away. It is a... Yeah! That's like some Zelda full heart shooting the blade, like the laser out of his sword effect or something. Also, it cuts Brandon's big coffin gun in half. I don't know if this is the last time we see the coffin gun. I imagine, considering that Tokioka's dead, there's no one to repair it. Right, and there's only two bosses left to right handle. To really To really deal with anyway, so... Bear alludes to his superiorization and just begins hulking out, and uh, Brandon shoots, but his bullets get cut in half. I do like that. I like I like that effect of like them falling perfectly split uh, to the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's always a... It's kind of a trope at this point, but it is yeah. cool. I, I like it. Uh, the fight goes on for a bit, leading to the entire house just being torn to splinters, and then Bear decides it's time... To take on his second form, the fucking Final Fantasy villain-esque bullshit. He's got huge spice coming out of his shoulder. He's got, like, floating stone hands for some reason. Yeah. I got nothing. And I know, I understand that, like, they're pulling probably from the video game here. Like, I'm sure this is what he looked like in the video game. Right. But, like, Bobcopter, Lee Spider multi-hand bear? Like, why do none of these make sense for the character themselves? I mean, Bobcopter made sense except for the copter part. Right. 
I guess he was throwing fat. Yeah, he was a fat dude, like squirting fat at him. But yeah, I mean, the guy's name is Bear. Yeah. He couldn't have done a bear thing. Yes, please. That would have been amazing. Something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know what this is supposed to be at all. I don't know. The floating hands knock the gun away, the guns away and pull kind of at his throat and his limbs. There is a cool image though. I do like the scene where like Bear is readying his sword. He's got one arm and he's got a stone arm, so he's got his real arm and a stone arm, both clutching the sword and they're gonna bring yeah, the, it down. Yeah, the floating stone arm. I do like that. I like that yeah. visual. That again, that's one of those little things that would have been cool if it was done right. Yes, I agree. And then Bear runs an obnoxiously long time forward. <laughs> like, there's no reason he should have to run this far forward to get to Grave. He's got 12 foot of stone sticking out of his shoulder. He, It's heavy. It's, it's, he's really moving very slow. Grave uh, one-ups him, though. He drops his gun in one from one hand that he can't aim to his apparently free hand. Yeah. Uh, and then just... He Arya Starks him? Yeah, just... Those stupid, convenient anti-superior bullets from Dr. T. Take him out. Arya Starks him. And the stone hands start to fall and crumble and leaving Bear on the verge of death. And he laments, saying, like, I was overconfident. And begs Brandon to finish him. That There should have been more impact to that scene. There was so little to that fight. I mean, there should have been more emotional oof to it. Yeah. I mean, we do get some following here. We get him saying, first of all, saying Brandon's name like 20 times. Yeah. We get we do get that cool moment, which I love in this anime, where Bear's glasses are knocked off and he's looking Brandon directly in the eyes, which, again, ties back to that conversation that he had with Harry about, like, understanding a person's true self and intentions when you can look into their eyes. I like yep. that. Right. And then we get a montage of Sherry, her growing up as a child, the good and the bad, and we see, like, her crying at her mother, on her mother's death. He just keeps repeating her name over and over again. The last image we see is her marrying Harry before Brandon shoots him dead. And she starts crying, like, telepathically starts crying. Which is normal. That's anime-ass shit right there, right? She knows. Although it feels like maybe some time has passed and Harry has relayed the news. Um, Yeah, I can see... Okay, I can see the reading of that scene. Yeah. Like, I think the thing is after the fact, Harry's standing there. Again, he's not hugging her. He's not comforting her. Yeah, he's just standing there. He's just standing there looking pretty pissed. Um, We get a shot of the overkills, despondent and drinking. We get an end scene with Mika crying, of course, and hugging Grave. And that's episode 24. Or 24. No. Sorry, sorry, 23, I should say. Daughter. Now they're do overkills. They're so overkills. <laughs> they're... Something, something like that. X overkill didn't really seem right. I no. I tried something and it didn't work. You, you're, you're doing great, Bill. Uh, that's episode 23. And now, once again, it's the time where we talk about the episode. Uh, I like this better than the Lee episode. I think there's yeah, well, at least yeah. better plot moments. They, they, they at least gave some effort in trying to call back to Bear's past. Like you said, was it as impactful as it could have been? Absolutely not. It absolutely wasn't. But at least they tried. It's like it's yeah. like it's like Bart bringing the the cake. At least you tried. Yeah, it, it was something. There were some cool visuals. They're, they're clear in the way. What we have like what three episodes left at this point? We've got Boonji. We've got Harry. And I think that's it at this point. I can't think of anyone else. Can you? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. It was an okay episode. It wasn't bad. 
I thought the last one was kind of bad. I didn't think this one was bad necessarily. I just, yeah, I just, it was better comparatively. It just yeah. it could have been better, and it's frustrating because you can see it could have been better for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, anything you want to add to that, Bill? No, that's pretty much it. All right. All right. Here I am, back from the ether, so I can talk to you about these two episodes of Gungrave, Remorse and Daughter. So let's get Remorse out of the way. I didn't care for this episode. It was a slog to get through. You would think for an action set piece when it comes to taking on one of the bosses of the video game and one of the big bads of the series, it would be more interesting. But really, it was lacking anything. There, I had no investment. I didn't really care for the stakes. I mean, not the saving of Mika because I've warmed to her uh, in my recent going back through this series, but it just really didn't work. Nothing clicked. I think because this was supposed to be Dr. Tokioka's swan song, it probably would have benefited more if we actually invested more into Tokioka in this episode. It, it, it left his death really almost empty and meaningless. Yes, we get the idea that it's a tragic thing because Mika was crying, but really, I didn't care. I didn't care about Lee's revenge. I didn't care for why Brandon was saving Mika. I didn't care for Tokioka's death. And the fight was just awful. And there are some good fights. There are some better fights. But this episode, definitely probably one of the worst episodes this series has so far. It's a shame. Because remorse, that's pretty much how you're going to feel while watching this episode. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. But what about Daughter? Oh my god! I have nothing but great things to say about this episode. Now, let's just say, Bear is one of my favorite characters in the series. So an episode that focuses on him is great. If if Remorse was, you know, an example of the worst that Gungrave could offer, then Daughter is probably the opposite. It's one of the examples of what could be really great about the series. Because... In that short time frame, we get everything established. Bear is going to take on Grave because he feels that it's his obligation to do so to protect Millennium. Not necessarily Harry, but Millennium. But Bear even goes so far as to show us his compassion when it comes to the overkills. How we find out that he never allowed any of the overkills to become orcmen, that he protected them. That fight was all about to these guys who believed in what Millennium was, but he also represented what Millennium has become. It, it really is symbolic and, and also kind of painful. The, the death of what was so that something better can come about, but it, you really felt it. it. It really resonated. And I, I think everything was done really well. I thought the animation was a lot better on this one. The fight between grave and, the superior version of, of bear while brief still felt like it had more f going for it than the fight between grave and Lee, or even the fight between grave and Bob. This was an example of what they really could do with the material that they had and actually make it good. Yes. I'll hate on remorse till I'm blue in the face, but I will love daughter to the end of days much like how I love my daughter. But at the end of the day, 
it is still one of my favorite series. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes. It's a shame I couldn't talk about it with the guys, but as you heard in the break card, life's a bit chaotic for me right now. Thank goodness I was able to get them to settle down. All that Benadryl really helped out. Well, should I have said that out loud? It's good to be back, kinda, and hopefully I'll be back next week. See you later. Bye-bye. I guess that's going to do it for us here, this double episode of Gungrave, episodes 22 and 23. Uh, Next time is episode 24, which is titled Last Bullet, and I do believe that is your episode, Bill. Correct. Uh, so we're running. That's this is this is your your last review for this season. Woohoo! And then we'll be heading into our summer viewing party or program, which we'll be doing a couple of things for that. And then we'll be jumping into my next season, season seven. Have not announced what that'll be, partly because I don't know for sure yet. I keep bouncing back and forth between ideas, and I have no idea what I want to do. I thought of a new one today, and I don't know if I want to do it. But we'll get there. You got at least a couple weeks. I got a couple weeks to think about it. We'll we'll let you all know. Um, we'll have a blooper episode, of course, uh, to encapsulate all our bloopers from season six. I started working on that a little bit today, uh, so we'll have that ready to go uh, by somewhere near the end of our run of episodes. But that's about it for me. Anything else you want to say at all, Bill? About anything? Anything you want to get off your chest? No. Songs you no. want to sing? Poems? Well, dirty limericks? We'll uh, we'll leave that for off the air. All right. Fair enough. Uh, well, Bill. It's time for us to get out of here. Take us out. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And I'll protect you, but that's all I can do. I'm Bill. And I'm beyond the grave. No, wait. I'm Brandon Heat. No, wait! I'm Andy. And we will see you next time. It is a good thing we didn't write them one. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on youtube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. I challenge you to a duel. I'll be waiting for you at my estate. I won't let anyone from the organization get in your way. Young lady, I apologize for your mother's death. When painful choices are made, you must be ready to deal with it the rest of your life. Thank <laughs> you.